Hey friends, welcome back to the Catwalk. My name is Clark Cowden and I'm your host for this podcast. And I want to thank you for joining with me for this week's message. Today, when we get to Romans chapter 14, Paul addresses some differences that arose in the early church. The early Christians came from different racial and cultural backgrounds, different religious backgrounds, and different life experiences. And so they looked at some of the same situations very differently, and it created some conflict in the early church. Paul shares some important insights that help us today as we deal with the differences that we have. I invite you to sit back and relax and reflect on this message on dealing with differences. In 2016, a high school freshman girl posted a video on Snapchat in which she used a racial slur. The video later circulated around her school, though it wasn't met with controversy at the time. By the time she was a senior, she was captain of the cheer squad. She was very excited when she got accepted to the University of Tennessee in Knoxville and to the university's cheer team. But her joy was short-lived when the death of George Floyd upset the nation and raised racial tensions around the country. So like many teenagers, she used her social media platforms to urge people to protest, donate, and sign petitions to end police brutality. But then her unfortunate video from her freshman year of high school came back to haunt her. She was attacked by people she had never met for using the N-word, and her phone started ringing nonstop. As more people saw her video online, more and more people called on the university to rescind her acceptance. Capitulating to the mob, the University of Tennessee removed her from their cheer team, a decision that resulted in her withdrawing from the school because of what she perceived as pressure from the school's admission office. No one was saying that it was okay to use demeaning and inappropriate racial slurs. But is one comment you made when you are 15 justification to ruin the future of a young person who hadn't even entered adulthood yet? The court of public opinion said yes, without giving her any chance at redemption. Her story is just one of many. Author and university professor Jonathan Haidt has written about cancel culture and how it has reached a level of personal vindictiveness where people go out of their way to find things others say that could be construed as insensitive. 
Cancel culture has made people scared to share their opinions lest they be condemned for thinking incorrectly about any given issue. There is no opportunity to change one's mind, nor is there room to defend opinions you genuinely believe. This is a huge problem <clears throat> for any civil society. <clears throat> the Lutheran theologian Martin Marty once wrote that we live in a culture where everything is permitted and nothing is forgiven. In our Christian belief system, we are always we always give people the opportunity to say they were wrong, to apologize, to say they are sorry. We always look for repentance and a change of heart. And we always offer forgiveness when people are remorseful. We realize that people can and do change and that people can get better. I am glad many of my comments when I was a high school freshman were not caught on video and preserved for all time. In Romans 14, Paul addresses the question of how do we deal with our differences? How do we handle situations where we disagree and where we see things differently? In this chapter, he talks about four things. Diet differences, day differences, don't be judgmental, and making peace. First of all, he talks about diet differences. In Romans 14, 1 through 4, he says this. Except the one whose faith is weak without quarreling over disputable matters. One person's faith allows them to eat anything. But another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does, for God has accepted them. Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, servants stand or fall. And they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. So back in the first century, there were Jewish Christians who were debating whether to keep following the Jewish dietary laws of the Old Testament or not. As Christianity moved into the Greek and Roman world, they discovered that many of the butcher shops would sacrifice their animals to a pagan god before putting the meat up for sale in their shops. And Christians were debating whether it was okay to eat this meat or not. Both groups looked down their noses at each other. The Gentile Christians called their Jewish Christian brothers and sisters weak and legalistic. The Jewish Christians called the Gentile Christians lax and libertine. 
Paul is saying here that these differences are not essential to the Christian faith. He is saying that faithful Christians can reach different conclusions on the same topic, and it's okay to hold different opinions. One person thinks it's okay to eat the meat offered to idols, and the other person believes they should be a vegetarian. Each one is okay. He says, don't judge the other person because God has accepted them both. This is not a moral issue. This is a personal preference issue. We don't all have to agree on everything. We want to be faithful to the beliefs at the center of our faith and also be tolerant of differences on the periphery. The second issue that Paul addresses has to do with day differences. Romans 14, 5 through 8 says, One person considers one day more sacred than another. Another considers every day alike. Each of them should be fully convinced in their own mind. Whoever regards one day as special does so to the Lord. Whoever eats meat does so to the Lord, for they give thanks to God, and whoever abstains does so to the Lord and gives thanks to God. For none of us lives for ourselves alone, and none of us dies for ourselves alone. If we live, we live for the Lord, and if we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. In the first century, some of the Christians were arguing over whether they should continue the Jewish tradition of worshiping on the Sabbath, which is Saturday, or to worship on Sunday, the day that Jesus rose from the dead. Surprisingly, Paul does not urge these two groups to come to agreement. He doesn't tell them that they need to resolve the issue. He says if some people want to worship on Saturday, that's fine. And if others want to worship on Sunday, that's fine. All days belong to God. We worship God every day, and it's okay for people to disagree. This issue is not central to our faith. Some people are prone to judge others, and some people are prone to despise others. Paul says, don't do that. Because all of us will stand before the judgment throne of God, we should not sit in judgment on others. Not all of our disagreements have to be resolved. The important thing is to remember that none of us are living for ourselves. If we live, we live for the Lord. If we die, we die for the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to God. It doesn't matter what day you choose to gather to worship the Lord.
<clears throat> Thirdly, with these two disagreements in mind, Paul tells the people, don't be judgmental. Romans 14, 10 through 18 says, You then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Or why do you treat them with contempt? For we will all stand before God's judgment seat. It is written, As surely as I live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me. Every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Therefore, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind not to put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. I am convinced, being fully persuaded in the Lord Jesus, that nothing is unclean in itself. But if anyone regards something as unclean, then for that person it is unclean. If your brother or sister is distressed because of what you eat, you are no longer acting in love. Do not, by your eating, destroy someone for whom Christ died. Therefore, do not let what you know is good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because anyone who serves Christ in this way is pleasing to God and receives human approval. When people are being judgmental, they are looking at others with contempt. The Bible says there is nothing wrong with making judgment calls. We all make judgments every day, and that is what smart people do. But the problem with judgmentalism is the attitude that I'm okay and you're not okay. Judgmentalism says, I am better than you are. There is something wrong with you. You are not as good as I am. It is a haughty and arrogant spirit that creates problems in relationships. Paul says we shouldn't be judgmental because we will all stand before God's judgment seat. So instead of passing judgment on others, we should resolve not to put a stumbling block or an obstacle in somebody else's way. If I don't have a problem with eating red meat, and I invite someone to my house for dinner who believes God doesn't want them to eat red meat, I shouldn't serve them red meat. That's not acting in love. I should respect our differences and serve something else. God doesn't want us to damage people's faith over secondary issues. Paul wants us to substitute sensitivity for censoriousness. We don't have to forcefully defend every conviction we have. It's okay to be gentle with people we disagree with. The old Puritan pastor, Richard Baxter, used the phrase, 
in essentials unity, in non-essentials diversity, in all things charity. What kind of food you eat is a non-essential. What kind of day you worship God is a non-essential. Believing in Jesus Christ is essential. Loving God, loving your neighbor, and loving your enemy is essential. <clears throat> and whether we agree or not, we need to practice charity or love in all things. And then fourthly, Paul calls on Christians to make peace. Romans 14, 19 to 23 says, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All food is clean, but it is wrong for a person to eat anything that causes someone else to stumble. It is better not to eat meat or drink wine or to do anything else that will cause your brother or sister to fall. So whatever you believe about these things, keep between yourself and God. Blessed is the one who does not condemn himself by what he approves. But whoever has doubts is condemned if they eat, because their eating is not from faith, and everything that does not come from faith is sin. Paul is saying that even when we are convinced we are right, or even when we've adopted the correct theological, social, or ethical position, we should not flaunt our position in such a way that a conscientious brother or sister to the left or to the right of us is deeply hurt by our convictions and actions. We must constantly learn and relearn how to be both theologically and ethically Christ-centered with our differing Christian brothers and sisters. Paul is essentially agreeing with the crowd that is saying Christ has given us more freedom. He's disagreeing with the crowd that's saying Christ has given us less freedom and that we should be more legalistic. But he doesn't want either crowd to look down their noses at the other crowd. He doesn't want either side to be judgmental of the other, and he doesn't feel a need to resolve the issue and say one side is right and one side is wrong. He's saying it's okay to live together with your different viewpoints. He tells the people to make every effort to do what leads to peace in mutual edification. He says, don't destroy the work of God over food. Don't destroy the work of God over what day of week to hold your worship service. If we decided to cancel our Sunday morning worship service and only have a Thursday night worship service, he wouldn't care. That's not an essential. Paul wants us to keep our priorities straight. 
Keep the main thing the main thing. Don't argue over secondary things. Don't tear people down. Build people up. You belong to God. When we look back over the last 2,000 years of our church history, we see that we Christians have always had our differences. There have been many disagreements in the church. We don't always see things the same way. In Paul's day, they were arguing over what food was appropriate to eat and what day was the right day to hold their worship services. Paul didn't resolve these issues. It wasn't that important. In Romans 14, Paul is saying that what is important is not to be judgmental and to seek to make peace. Try to work out your differences. Sit down face to face and talk things through. Allow people to function differently on secondary issues. If we agree on the center, it's okay to disagree on the periphery. In essentials, unity. In non-essentials, diversity. But in all things, charity. God bless. Stay safe. See you soon.